Hello everyone, you join myself and little Senna here. Uh, just very quickly to let you guys know that this season review has been split up into two parts just to make it a little bit more consumable. This will be part one, uh, where we will go through essentially the first half of the season, and then in part two will be the second half of the season. Hope you enjoy. So, Ash, I have a very, very interesting question for you. One which I guarantee you won't get right. <laughs> so, which okay. is always a good place to start. <laughs> Thanks uh, for the faith. Who Thanks for the support. <laughs> Who had opening round 2023? Who had the fastest lap? Oh, that's a very good question. Since you like, you're not going to get it right. Mm. I'm going to go for someone like um. It isn't our favorite American. I'll give you that hint. It's not confirmed no. for 2024. Logan Sargent. Congrats oh, no. on the renewal, by the way. Uh, was it then? Was that a Haas driver? No. Okay. He's not was European. An... He's not European. Not European. Not a European driver. He drives for a European team, obviously. Yeah. Okay. Was it Zhu? It was Joe Guanyu. <laughs> yes, it was. He got the fastest lap. Uh... I didn't know that. That was the one. I'm looking now at the fastest laps for the whole of 2023, and that's the one that surprised me. What other non-European drivers are there? Sergio Perez. Sergio Perez. Um, Sergio Perez. Logan. Uh, Logan Sargent. Alex. Da Daniel Ricciardo. Oscar Piastri. I'm naming half the grid, mate. Alex is Thai. <laughs> Alex, yeah. So. Uh, oh, no, Charles. Charles is, yeah. Charles is Monegasque. Uh, Lance Stroll, uh, Lance, oh yeah, Yuki Sonoda. Because um, when you said he's not, he's like Liam uh, Lawson. <laughs> Liam Lawson. Yeah, when he's like, yeah, he's not European. And I was like, oh. Like, and then all of a sudden, all the European drivers just came in. Yeah, those are the only ones you could think of. But this yeah. is our 2023 season review episode. Woo! Yay. Yeah, <laughs> you just pulled it out of nowhere. What do you mean I pulled it out of nowhere? Twenty twenty three, it was great. Woo! Woo. Was it great though? Was uh, it, great? it was great in. It was. It was. I, uh, it was great from P two down. Yeah, there it was great from P two down. One of the best P two fights we'd ever seen. Yeah, I think. I think obviously we're we're going to spend a lot of time talking about Max if we're not careful. So, let's just get that out of the way. Max did very well. Right, okay. Now, the rest of the season. Um, no, I, I I think we need to kick off with talking about, obviously, the, the, the champion, Max, coming in as a reigning champion as well. The, the matter of fact is that he had, on his own, uh, 575 points over the entire season. He, bearing in mind, you can only get 25 points per race weekend typically he had a higher number of points on average per race weekend than 25 i think it was like 26.1 or 25.1 or something it's ridiculous but the matter of the fact is that max had almost 600 points and second in the constructors went to mercedes with 409 points meaning that if red bull didn't even have to bother driving in a second car and they could have <laughs> won the constructors that is how dominant he has been 1,003 laps led. It is absolutely ridiculous and something I don't think we'll see again for another 10, 15 years. There's, there are no words to describe what he done. It was just dominant. 
That's yeah. it. It's just dominant. Like, okay, at the start of the season, there was a couple of races that Sergio won, and yep. then he just went on a massive run. He he only lost at Singapore because the car wasn't suited for that. He yep. won every sprint race. He it, it just we, we, I will not see a season like this in a long, long time. No. Even twenty twenty four, we will not see anything close to this. I think as teams kind of catch up to Red Bull. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, you say that. I personally still think that Red Bull will still dominate next season. They haven't touched the car since July. And no, I think still... they'll, they'll. I think they'll dominate, but I don't think Max will win as many races. Okay, next yeah, fair enough. Um, as he did this season, I'm. I'm only saying that in terms of they haven't touched the current car since July, June, June, July is like summer break time, and they won the last Grand Prix of the year by f- over 15 seconds. Like they've still got very clearly the most dominant car, um, and we'll get into a little bit more around just how dominant that car is. I'm sure as we go through the race weekends. Um, but before we do that, let's let's maybe go with a, something a little bit more positive. I'm going to ask you, what was your favourite moment of the season? It's always a nice. One. Uh, my favourite moment of the season was Fernando getting a podium at Bahrain, first race, first race, nice. yeah. Okay, yeah, because nobody like, expected it. Nobody expected it, um, and like I can understand if you got a podium because someone like crashed out, or yeah. it was like the middle of the season, towards the end of the season, where they worked on the car and got him some speed. But the first race of the season, and he made some amazing moves on the Mercedes drivers that overtake on Hamilton. Um, getting third, I think that was my moment of the season where I was just like, this guy's back on the podium. Mm. So, yeah. It was that, unreal. That was it was and, and I'm a Fernando, I'm a Fernando fan. Yeah. So, it was, it was good to see him back. Yeah, um, it, it was vibes, for sure. Um, absolutely brilliant. Yours? Mine? I think I, know, I think I know what yours is. Please, enlighten me as what my favourite moment was. I believe yours was Lando leading at Silverstone. Absolutely. Had to be. Had <laughs> to be. It was perfect. It was absolutely perfect. Like, I w- like being there as well and seeing the whole crowd like trying to get behind Lando was insane. It was easily the best moment of the season for me. Easily. Um, e- obviously, the, the podium that came from uh, that Grand Prix as well, still ridiculous. But, like, nobody expected McLaren to be there. No one. Um, no, after the start, they had. Well, you know what? I'm going to pat my own back here. Mm. I, I did expect them. Did Not you? Not the improvement that they did, but I thought that a lot of people were writing them off early. Yeah. They're like, car's a tractor. But I was like, look, they just had a lot of bad luck. They had a lot of reliability issues. There was pace from Oscar and Lando there. Yeah. So I, I did have a feeling that they would be a lot more successful as they kind of worked out those issues. Yeah. I think you also you could see that reflected in the in the race beforehand as well, which was the Austrian Grand Prix with Lando putting it P4. That was the best finish they had all season. And Lando had one or two of the upgrades slapped on that car ahead of Silverstone. Um, and in comparison, Piastri finished 16th. That goes to show you how completely uh, revolutionary those upgrades were to that car. Yeah, no, no. I mean, they went from, what was it, barely getting into Q3 
to the second quickest car on the grid yeah. for a fair amount of races within like two three races it was so. mad absolutely mad yeah and obviously oh, piastri even missed out on the podium didn't he like just yeah, super Lewis, unlucky Lewis with the safety the car end, yeah um, but yeah, that those were my favourite moments of the season. And then uh, we could we can do one of two things. We can either say our least favourite moment in the season, or we can just go ahead and start going through what our favourite races were. We're not going to review all of the races um, because we'd be here for hours. Uh, so what we'll do is nah, we'll just go we through... We don't need to either. No, 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 no. We'll just go through some key moments in the season, some key bits and pieces, and then we'll talk about the season as a whole. Okay, uh, my well, least favourite moment... Oh, okay, we're going with least favourite. Okay, cool. Yeah, I think that's uh, my least favourite moment of the I'm season. I'm trying to think of mine as well, by the way. Uh, mine's going to be Perez crashing out at his home Grand Prix. That was your least favourite? Yeah. That I was think my second all... favourite. <laughs> <laughs> you're just me. You're wearing a Red Bull shirt. <laughs> no, but it was funny. It was funny. No, I, I thought it was... I think he was... It was his home race. He wanted to put on a good performance. I mean, you could just see it. Like he was just, he was really trying. And he had the yeah, opportunity I, to do the funniest thing in the world, and he did it. It's hilarious. It's so good. Uh, that was my. That was. I think if if he had got a good result, I think that would have helped him out massively. I mean, he oh, did improve yeah. in, in the races afterwards. But yeah. yeah, that was my least favorite because I wanted just something to go Sergio's way um, in that time. Yeah, no, like I said, like I, uh, I, I want him to do well, but like I said, it was, it just was funny. It, it yep. just was really, really funny to me, anyway. Um, if you're a Sergio Perez fan, I do apologize. However, yeah, like no, with, you don't apologize. With, you don't with, care. You just called it like the funniest thing you could, it, the funniest thing you could ever it, do. It was very it was funny. Your second favorite moment. Don't fucking throw paper apologies <laughs> out there liar uh my least favorite moment of the season was oh, lando didn't get into fucking q3 or some shit like that, that no was your least favorite no i actually have a tragic one <laughs> okay. right uh carlos signs car being ruined during the vegas grand prix fp1 oh, that's i'm actually gonna go season. vegas weekend as my least favorite moments really? of the season other than the like right. the lead up to it the organization everything yeah not great the race itself was was decent enough though i'll give it that but my least favorite moment was fp1 that that thursday that was my least favorite uh yeah carlos got almost very nearly seriously injured um and yeah i think that had that not happened ferrari could have had or that it would have made the race even better had that not happened i'm just going to put that out there yeah because he probably would have put it p3 yeah i think yeah and they could have really used car depending on where if where charles was they could have used carlos to really hold up max and maybe get charles a win so exactly yeah so that's that's why that's my least favorite is that like it sort of ruined the weekend a little bit for me because i thought that ferrari weren't going to be quick going into that weekend as well so that was my least favorite Okay. What? Uh, okay. I mean, we'll do an awards session. Yeah, we'll do an awards maybe... separately, but we need to brainstorm yeah. some of the awards. So I, I had like one of mine funniest moment. I'm not going to mention what it is. It's not the Sergio Perez one, but it, to me, it was just it was just so good. It was so. It wasn't even technically on track. It was sort of off track leading into the race. Just it just was funny. I won't mention yeah. what it is because we'll save that. Just, 
just trying to think, is there any other like standout things we can talk about that's not an award? Nick DeVries Before. being removed from Alpha Towery. We can talk about the Alpha Towery uh, hot potato slash hot seat. Yeah, I suppose we could. That was yeah. an interesting dynamic. Oh, we we should have uh we should have got our predictions. Oh, I thought we'd do that season. in a different episode. Oh, you're doing a different episode. Yeah, okay. you I just want to just keep bringing out Nick DeVries every single time. No, 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 no. I just because I was looking <laughs> at the I was looking at the the records and stuff like that of like who was in the seat um, yeah. for what rounds because Alpha Tauri were the only team uh, that didn't have the same two drivers the entirety of the season. There were no other replacements or anything like that whatsoever across any of the other teams. Okay. Yeah, let's let's talk about Nick. Do you think he had enough time? Mm, I think that he had enough time, but I don't ever think he was good enough in the first place. See, I thought he was good enough by the fact that he did get uh he scored in that Williams. Mm. Um and I did think he had enough time considering what Liam and Daniel did when they got into the car. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, Liam just came in and was just proving himself Smashed straight it. away. Straight away, yeah. yeah. Uh, you so. could also argue that, you know, that car wasn't the most competitive in the world. So you could also argue that, you know, like by the time that Liam got his hands on it, there were there were a couple of upgrades on it. Um, and it may have been a track which particularly suited the Alvatari as well. But that well, being said, what? Nick wasn't doing what you need to do in a car. The first person that you are compared to is your teammate, and he wasn't beating his teammate. It's yeah, so even even if the Liam got upgrades or not, he was close and in and around Yuki. Yeah, whereas Nick was Liam Lawson in Singapore out qualified both Red Bulls. That gives no, you an it. idea as to how well Liam Lawson did that weekend. Mad, isn't it? Absolutely mad. So, yeah, and uh, I hope to see him in Formula One soon. Yes, yeah, absolutely. With all these um, rumours swirling now about Sergio's contract. Oh, again. Jesus, yeah. But I don't even so, know where that rumour came from. I don't see any valid like validity in it whatsoever. It's also like, for a rumour, it's really weirdly written. Yeah, where, yeah. So, so if you don't know the rumour, the rumour is there is a clause in Sergio's contract. contract is there a clause? Yeah. No, where it's like, if he doesn't perform well enough, then he will be replaced by Daniel Ricciardo. Yeah. Um, and then they went on to go into same weird things like saying Daniel's salary would be tripled if he joined, yeah. and like Liam Lawson would come in to replace him. And I'm like, this, what the fuck is going on? So, yeah, it's very odd, um, especially because like I'll be honest, Daniel hasn't come in and put Yuki in the ground. He's yeah, done so just if you about are going as, as well, other than Mexico, which was I'd argue a one-off. Mm, and, and considering you know? where Yuki, Yuki got was it P6 I believe uh, so I can double check for you so if you're going to replace Sergio with an Alpha Tauri driver you're going to replace him with the one that's been there the whole season and has performed well Yuki got 12th so, in Mexico yeah um, so should we, let's go through the season with some key moments um, Bahrain first race of the season yep um, where we all thought, well, well done to Aston. And then that that completely changed. But Aston had a great start to the season yep. before it all went downhill. The Red Bulls kind of 
set up what would be the rest of the season. Uh, well, Max did anyway. Yeah. Um, and that Merck showed that whatever concept that they started with <laughs> wasn't going to be the one that they ended with. Yeah. I mean, you say that, but they still ended up like P5 and P7, which isn't terrible. Like, yeah, but it's that's... not where they should. It's not where they should have been after one year of that zero side pod. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, but I think for for me, the stand up moments from that Grand Prix were Charles retiring, um, which just set the scene for the rest of the year's Ferrari luck, um, and also the just how badly McLaren did at that race. It was awful. Mm. It was. It just was. It was awful. Um, embarrassing. Arguably. Um, yeah, and then Australia, which mental. I just want to talk about that last <laughs> last few laps. Yeah, was, mental. Was one of the funniest things I'd ever seen, where Fernando just got like knocked down by Carlos. And yeah. Carlos had a penalty, so it really pushed him all the way down the back of the grid because they decided to, for some weird re- reason, the stewards acted really quickly that time. Yeah, very odd. But I think that was obviously, like, they would they try their best not to mess with things anymore, really, don't they? Yeah. Or it's like, we'll investigate it after the race. Yeah, and it's like, oh, for God's sake. But that penalty was very harsh against Carlos. It was. Considering, like, the... For most lap one incidents, they generally give you kind of like a little bit of a free pass a little bit of a leeway quite obvious because yeah. it's like look it's 22 cars going into one corner people are going to crash and collide yeah that's standard so yeah um azerbaijan was the last time sergio perez won a race how mad that feels like ages ago it does it feels like a like different season doesn't it yeah it does yeah it feels like 2021 <laughs> yeah uh absolutely ridiculous uh he did drive very well that day i will give him that he did. Um, so did Charles. Charles drove really. I think that's where Charles put it on pole as well. That was where he. What, didn't he win the sprint race? Did Charles win uh, the sprint no, race then? No, no. Max won every sprint race. No, but Charles put it on pole in the sprint race as well. And do you remember he got that really rubbish hat? Do you remember <laughs> no. that? No, they got like I a don't. really hot, like not horrible, but like really like pathetic prize for putting it on pole for the sprint race. And it was just a hat with some like paint splatters on it. Um, and I remember looking at it and going, that looks shit. <laughs> um, now you put it on pole. Uh, I just can't remember whether or not you put it on pole in the sprint or not. Because I think uh, I think he did. Yeah, he did take it, but he crashed. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, interesting. Uh, next race was Miami. Uh, and like I said, I, I, the only reason why I'm mentioning this is because of Vegas. I still stand by. I don't see what value Miami adds. Now we have Vegas. Yeah, I don't see what it adds either. Um, other than maybe, you know, being able to invite DJ Khaled. I mean, there's no other reason why you would have this Grand Prix. Like, I don't yeah. see it whatsoever. Um, I know it's there on the calendar for an, the next few years, at the very least. So it's not going anywhere. But I think that that question will be asked a lot more going through the rest of the season. Yeah, if you wanted to like describe what a modern... Formula One race has now become Miami's it, where it's more of a show. Well, let's yes. have the let's have the like a NFL stadium here. We'll have this fake marina mm. and 
things like that. And yeah, just, just like, it's just cringe, really. Yeah, um, and the the street circuit is yeah, it's not the best. Yeah, really not. Uh, Spain was interestingly one of only two races where George Russell got a podium. Oh wow! That Just was his other podium. Little fun fact: George was P three, uh, and uh, also P three in Abu Dhabi. Those were his only two podiums for the whole season. You skipped to Monaco. I thought we'd talk about Monaco a little bit. Oh, you want to? Talk? Yeah, Is we it... can go back to Monaco. Yeah, yeah. I thought there was a great quality battle between Max and Fernando. Yeah, I think that was probably the best. If quality they had pitted Fernando for wet, he could have won. It's bullshit. Yeah, no, that really annoyed me. And then um, there was it when it started raining. Yeah, and then they put Fernando. Oh. I think, uh, yeah, it oh, could wow. have been two. It could have been two separate races where there wasn't a Red Bull winning car, <laughs> um, and Aston Martin just screwed it. Um, I, I admittedly, I think that if they'd have only pitted Fernando once, I don't think it was confirmed. Personally, I think looking at the data and looking uh, at the track I position, I think and they stuff, looked at the data and they said Max still would have come out. Ahead. I think he would have like just been ahead. However, if they'd have done it, it would have made it a hell of a lot more interesting because all it would, it would have, have taken was Max to go wide at one corner. Yeah, like that's all you need. Like you know, um, coming down like. Down out out of the tunnel, he breaks too hard and goes too deep into the corner. Like that's all you need. And then Fernando is behind you. Can you imagine the pressure you would be under if Fernando Alonso yeah. is driving behind you at Monaco when it's pissing it down with rain? You've got no grip because these Pirelli tires are about as useful as a chocolate teapot. Uh, like insane would have been insane, absolutely insane. So yeah, that's. That's my saddest moment of the year, actually. <laughs> it, it, it gave us um, it gave us one of the memed moments of the year. It did. Do you know what I'm talking about? I think I do. In do line, go on. Say um, when Esty Bestie. Oh yes, Esty Bestie. Esty Bestie. That wasn't what that, I was thinking of. Really? Uh, that was when he put out Esty uh, Bestie, baby. Yeah, I, that was my worst <laughs> moment of the season. My God. Um. Yeah, Ugh. that was. What were that... you talking about? <coughs> Excuse me. That was uh, Ocon's only podium in the season, by the way. Yeah, I know. But still, um, to get it at Monaco. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, like to get that at Monaco as well. Um, but both both Pierre and Ocon only had one podium the entire season. Where was Pierre's podium? Uh, Pierre's was in the Netherlands. Ah. Nice. Uh, actually, let's pause running through the season. Very quickly, what did you think of the dynamic between Pierre and Ocon? Because uh, I, I thought there were going to be more fireworks than there was, and I think that if you look at it in a little bit of a like, if you look at it in a little bit of a, like more detailed way, a little bit deeper, you can see that there are cracks there, and that everything isn't hunky dory, right? Well, yeah, definitely towards the end of the season where yeah, Pierre Japan, was questioning specifically. Yeah, and Abu Dhabi as well. Mm. Um, there were some cracks there. I think they're a lot older now than when they were when they were like racing before. So they're a lot more mature. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's there's definitely like it, 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 not all is uh, uh, well at the Alpine team between them two. And uh, I think we'll see some more fireworks next season. I hope so because it's entertaining. Yeah um maybe oh, i've just realized we might get a drive to survive episode on this 
Oh, yeah, that's that true. That would be a... Ma- Drive to Survive editors, if you're listening right now, <laughs> I want to see the French Revolution as an episode <laughs> title for Drive to Survive, and I want to hear... Why am I doing this with my hand, by the way? They're not Italian. That's Italian. <laughs> um, but I want to see... I want to see an episode where they just go through all of the beef between them. Like, and they just they just go through exactly what happens and like that's where I want to see manufactured beef because it's so good. Like I wanna see I wanna see these two go at it. Because they clearly still don't like each other. They only <laughs> chat to each other because they're getting paid millions of euros a year. It's the only reason why they're there. I would happily speak to somebody who I hate for millions of euros a year. So, you know, there's that. Um, but yeah, insane. Absolutely insane. Like Especially, like, even the team. The English speaking or like oh, yeah, you the british this. team members and the the um the french team members book different hotels like that's how split this team is um and yes they've got like loads of new investors like rory mcelroy and happy gilmore and anthony johnson uh, anthony johnson anthony joshua like they've got loads happy of investors gilmore. <laughs> Oh, it was a joke. Um, but like they've got, you know, anyone and everyone who wants to invest in Formula One and for some reason has shares in in Alpine. Um but yeah, no, I um I wanna see some fireworks and there there's there's been like little teasers of it. Little teasers and I want more. Didn't we just do like we were talking about Braun and how we said like the realism and the authenticity made it a great show. Yeah. And how Drive to Survive should you know, take some notes. Yeah, we did. Just and you that, just yes. turned around and nah, just shattered these all of two, that. These two, I want manufactured beef. I want everything. <laughs> I want an exclusive interview with like Gasly's dad calling Ocon a dick. <laughs> just, I just want stuff like that. Like, I don't care. I want the drama there. Uh, it oh would be so God. good. Um, look at you. Look at you. I, 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 I'm here for it. Uh, but going back slightly, uh, Pierre Gasly finished P11 and Ocon finished P12. Uh, Gasly had 62 points and uh, Ocon had 58 points. So there really wasn't that much in it in terms of performance um, like and point scoring and stuff like that. So I think that had... Had Ocon not had, and I'm not kidding, one, two, three, four, five, six, six retirements during the entire season, as far as I can work out, that is the most amount of retirements of any driver on the grid. Uh, Alex Albon had three. Yeah, so I think Ocon had six retirements, which is ridiculous. I think if he'd have had less retirements, I think he obviously probably would have been a bit further up and probably would have beaten Ghastly. If I'm honest. He didn't. But he didn't, because that's not how life works. Um, but yeah, so I just wanted to touch on that, because obviously the, the Alpine dynamic is very odd um, and interesting. I, just, I don't... They're just so midfield, I don't Yeah, even they are the definition of midfield, aren't they? Um, yeah. Yeah. They're just... Uh, they're just yeah, they drive around and they're French, I think, is what I said a couple of, a couple of months ago. Um, yeah. But... Moving on, uh, we've spoken about Monaco. We touched very briefly on Spain. Uh, do we want to talk about Canada? No, should we jump to Great Britain? Uh, I was just going to say, obviously, we, t- we talked about it earlier. Um, like Austria is where we started seeing the beginning of the resurgence of McLaren, then obviously leading into Great Britain. Um, Oscar Piastri missing out on a podium thanks to a, thanks to a pit stop at a slightly dodgy time because of a safety car. 
Um, but do you remember who caused that safety car? Oh, let me think. No. Oh, was it Kevin? It Magnuson? was Kevin. It was when his car blew up. Do you remember that? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what remember caused it. Now. it. So, uh, so yeah. Um, so Kevin obviously retiring in Britain was the reason why. Did you have a live view of that? Was it near? Where no, you were no, watching? I didn't have a live view of it. But I, a guy who I know who works at Lego, he was also there, um, and it happened right in front of him. It was just before I think the bridge uh, down the the the. I can't remember. Hold on. You know, this straight here, it was there. So they, wait, is it? Hold on. Yes, there. It was about there where the bridge is. Okay. Uh, for audio listeners, I'm pointing from my tattoo, which is quite literally a track map of Silverstone. Um, I wonder if they'll ever change Silverstone in the future. And you're like, shit. Well, they've changed it a couple of times, actually. <laughs> um, so please don't change it anytime soon, please. Uh, I was just thinking back at the time when we went to Austria and remember Carlos Sainz's engine failed. Oh yeah, we didn't even know. We, we could just smell saw, it. We just saw smoke and we could smell yeah, we it. Could, you could smell it. It's mad. Um, but we were like, what, 300 metres away from where it was maybe? 250, yeah, 300 metres? We, yeah, we were on the back straight, but it was just, just past that. Yeah, we were on like the, I guess, third straight, I guess um where the second drs activation zone is um and we could smell the car um and there's yeah. a there's a really good shot by um kim illman who some of you may know pretty famous formula one photographer of him jumping out of the car it looks ridiculous like it just just went up in flames um yeah that that's definitely a talking point i think for yeah. for for that for that race um but obviously that was the year before. Um, but yeah, then obviously Great Britain, Lando leading. Uh, we had really, really good performing um, know, McLaren. Yeah. But we didn't talk about what happened and the changes that happened there, did we? We didn't talk about how the tyre compounds changed and who seemed to lose out and get slower. Aston Martin. They did, yeah. They sort of just went completely backwards. It's like they swapped places with McLaren, really. Yeah, they did. Yeah, and then um, there were some other technical regulations that affected their car as well. Yeah, one namely or two. The, namely the front wing. Yeah. So uh, so to give you an example, Fernando Alonso in Great Britain came 7th, uh, and Lance Stroll came 14th. Yeah. So compared to, for example... Had to, uh, had to, had to peg back the goat, didn't they? They, they had to, apparently, <laughs> yeah. Um, but, I mean, when you when you look at Fernando Alonso, who had... Uh, P3, P3, P3 for Bahrain, Saudi, Australia, and then P3 again in uh, Australia and P3 again in Miami to then go to P7. That doesn't look too bad, but then you look at Lance finishing P14, and that's when you can see that, you know, like just the car's competitiveness definitely fell away after that. Yeah, uh, wasn't he sure. P6 in Bahrain with like a broken wrist? Yeah, he did. That's another good point, actually. Lance started off the season with a broken wrist, but he seemed to drive better with a broken wrist. <laughs> I think he drove better when the car was better. True, yeah. I think towards yeah. the end of the season, um, obviously Lance managed to managed to do a little bit better, obviously finishing the last three races, P5, P5, P10, which is pretty good, I'll be honest. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think he, he struggled a little bit during large yeah, parts he had of the a season. He had a massive dip in in the middle of the season, kind mm. of similar 
to Sergio. Um, and it really like came and it just built up and built up until Qatar, where he was just fucking fuming. Yeah, <laughs> yeah literally. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, and then I hope the... things go better for him next season. Yeah, let's let's hope so. Um, I think hopefully towards the end of the season, obviously Aston Martin seemed to understand their upgrades a little bit better. So hopefully that means that they'll go into next season on the front foot. Um, because... Well, I think the jump that they've made from 2022 to 2023 was huge. Ridiculous. Yeah. And then I think obviously the reason the, the car got slower wasn't due to like the car itself. It was like, hey, we've got a fast car, but for some weird reason now these we've, it's in breach of some technical regulations. So that means they have to then rethink everything around the design of the car. Whereas yeah. it's like Red Bull, it's like we just add to it, we just add to it, we just add to it. But I would take the season as a success. Massively, yeah. I think hopefully they'll be they'll be up there again next season. But hopefully they'll be up there for the whole season. Yeah, let's let's wait and see. Um, I mean, like I said, I hope they take those steps forward. I just hope they're not as big as McLaren steps forward. Hello, everyone. That was part one of our season review. Uh, part two is available right now, so please go ahead and switch over to part two. Again, we split this up so it was a bit more consumable. Um, and while you're there, be sure to subscribe to our podcast. We've got loads of content coming over the winter break, and we can't wait to have you along for the ride. Cheers, everyone.